Hi there. What's the difference between an oscillation overthruster and a flux capacitor? Find out this week when we're talking time travel. And then we're going to go back and kill Hitler. Maybe become our own grandpas. It's going to get weird. Join us, won't you? Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hello, listener. Welcome to episode 33 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. This is Chris, along with my good buddies Eric and Brian. This week we are talking time travel. That's right. We're going to go back in time, and then we're going to go forward in time, and then we're going to come back a little bit and talk about something else that's going to go forward in time, and then we're going to go way back and kill Hitler. That's how time travel works. So if you experience any sort of paradoxes in the future when you're listening to this, we do apologize. Uh, that was not our intent. But like anything time travel related, you don't really think that stuff through uh, when you're doing it. You just kind of go. You just roll with it. So uh, yeah, time travel, paradoxes, wormholes, all that stuff. Maybe even a little quantum mechanics, even though none of us know physics very well. It's just stuff we read on the Google. And that's how time travel should work. Any idiot should be able to do it just like a podcast so enjoy if you like what you hear share us you know tell your friends about us magnificently huge podcast we would love to have more listeners send us emails to magnificently huge at gmail.com let us know what they enjoy uh what they don't enjoy suggestions uh what have you we're all for it you can reach out to us on twitter at mag huge you can hit us on facebook at magnificently huge and we're on instagram because instagram and podcasts are just a match made in heaven because photos really work well on an audio only podcast we're still working out the kinks i guess so join us won't you episode 33 it's a doozy and i promise you you're gonna learn some lessons this week uh about how ridiculous we all are as grown men talking about time travel enjoy and we're back and then we're not and then we're back and then we're not pan down to a planet scape <laughs> a planet of i don't know some some specific kind of weather that covers the entire planet well do not adjust your podcast we will control all you see in here yes we have come from the future via some sort of hole of the worm variety to talk about time travel. And uh, maybe a ship we'll, passes the won't. camera to land on the planet and yet somehow manages to make a noise, <laughs> even though it's in the vacuum of space where sound can't actually travel. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, yeah. So, time travel coming oh, up. Oh, oh or and all it? the ships in Star Wars, uh, also, they sound like they have, like, a rickety catalytic converter, or they've thrown a rod. It's like they all sound like uh, cars. You ever notice that? They move like planes, so why not? Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, they have to bank. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome to episode right. uh, whatever, whatever. 33, I think we're on now. I think it's 33, yeah. It's amazing. That's the mm. age of Jesus, which is a, a really good start uh to the year so 
without further ado, unless you have any other pleasantries, can can we start the fresh shiz? Oh, that's... Sure. This shit is fresh! Let's have uh, let's have Brian go first this time. So I actually kind of struggled with uh, fresh shit this week. I didn't see any movies because I like watched all the movies last week. All the movies, and there weren't any worth seeing. Yeah. First of all, do you guys remember Pie Ware? Yeah, Eric. Did, yeah, he's an editor on that Ellen's Game of Games, that show I was talking about last week. I believe it. He was a documentary filmmaker for a number of years. Yeah. And he does, he's also an editor for things like award shows, I think. But anyway, um, I thought that was cool. I was trying very hard to find something to watch on Netflix, and I ended up watching like 10 minutes of Lucha Underground, which totally sucks. Yeah. Um, And I watched this this British show called Four Rooms, which is basically people trying to sell valuable things to four dealers, and it's really just the negotiation show, and it also sucks. So, so everything this week sucks, um, basically. Yeah, but I do. I do have a public service announcement. Yay! Have you guys heard about the meltdown and Spectre exploits? Yes, yes, I have. No, I haven't heard that. Oh, okay. this one I heard about so, on NPR. Yeah, this is this is beautiful. So basically, everything with a microprocessor made in the last twenty years or so is vulnerable. So everything. Um. Yes, everything. Intel chips. AMD chips, ARM chips, uh, it's all, it's, they all do this. Uh, there's technical details that have to do with, uh, speculative execution, but the, the main point is that any given process you're running on your machine is supposed to look at memory as though it's the only thing running. And these exploits at the hardware level, because the chips try to guess what instructions you're going to run next to make things go faster. Um, It allows malicious code to potentially look at the memory of the kernel of the operating system, which can expose what's in memory for other processes running on the machine. This is especially nasty when you get to cloud servers, which every website is hosted on. When you have a cloud server, there may be any number of servers running on a single physical machine, and they may not be running for, they almost certainly aren't running for the same websites or the same clients or anything else, and this actually allows malicious code on a server to view what's going on in memory for whatever else is on that same piece of hardware. So it's, it's bad. Um, I feel like we should, you know, <laughs> we should just cue the song now again. Yeah, the understanding I have is that it's not something just anybody can exploit. It's somebody who has to have, like, you know, mainframe type computer access, like, say, a foreign government, like Russia or China. No, I mean, the truth of the matter is that if somebody wrote good, you know, nasty code, they could put it on a website and it could run in JavaScript. Um, So basically everything is vulnerable, but... Uh, the good news is that the we, the way most people found out about it was people security people noticed that there were patches getting done to Linux and other operating systems. They're like, hey, what's this all about, guys? And they figured out what was already being patched. So while the actual like problem space of, of machines that are vulnerable is like all of them, 
the chances that anything particularly nasty happened are minute. Most operating systems have been patched, with the notable exception of macOS. Apple uh, is not finished patching, but iOS has been patched. Um, yeah, so... Why are we still using these computers? Why? When are we going to give up? This is just not fucking worth it anymore. <laughs> Well, I think the reality yeah. is that we've just we've moved into a world where privacy and security are non-existent, and we either have to adapt to it or, yeah, go back. I mean, God, I miss living in the '80s when you know you could disconnect. Ding ding. Yeah, your computer wasn't on the internet. I still remember the last time I bought a computer and I was like, no, this is not going to be for going online. And he was like, well, why would you want that? It's like, fuck you is why. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about um, today is the day that Donald Trump tweeted that he is a very stable genius. Oh, he's, which uh, he's, he's very presidential and, uh, you know, stable, sane thing to say. Don't forget, he also wrote, uh, he's like, comma, very smart. <laughs> Yes. He actually wrote that. Wow. I'm like very smart and a stable genius. Uh, nothing says that like a tweet that says that. I'm just saying. So I'm I'm not going to make my own joke here. I'm just going to defer to at Hunt the Snark on Twitter, who wins the internet today for writing the following. <clears throat> I am the very model of a very stable genius. I have a mighty button and no problems with my penis. I have no time for television, golf, or social media since my brain is way better than the best encyclopedia. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Who is that? <laughs> that is at Hunt the Snark on Twitter. A fellow yeah. named Bob. Um, oh, Bob. Wrote that. Well, he's a regular Someone Gilbert and Sullivan. It's Gilbert and Sullivan, not Tom Lehrer. That was Tom Lehrer who did uh, the first one. Tom Lehrer put the elements to that song. Wasn't it? No, he was basing it on the Gil <laughs> the very model of the modern major oh, general. Come uh, on, man. Gilbert come on. That's Pirates of Penzance. I go way back. Oh. I go way back. All right. Okay. <laughs> so that's all I got. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Anything else? No, you said that's all I got. I should pay attention. <laughs> what do you got, Eric? Uh, let's see. I finished reading It. Um, Yay. Has anybody read It? Has anybody ever uh, bothered know. reading I, it? I have read no Stephen King novels. Really? Some of them are good. Not a one. I read. Uh, I tried to read like, um, oh, I don't. One of the anthology books, and I just the one that had Lawnmower Man in it, the the actual like bumpkin who mows lawns, but it sucks, and I I just couldn't get into it. Oh, and I also read uh, what's the one with Wolf right fucking here and now? I read that. Okay. Other than that, I haven't read any Stephen King. Okay. Okay. Well, I read it no, like 20, 25 you. years ago. Uh, I went on a big Stephen King phase, uh, late 80s to like 92, and then I quit. I sometimes like his stuff. I mean, like I found one or two books that are good. Um, I don't know why I started on this one. Uh, maybe because the movie came out, but Probably. I started reading it, and I was like, okay, this is okay. I like the characters. I like the the depth Uh uh he gives to history, but it isn't actually scary. I think it's more about being scared than actual <laughs> scary. Yeah. But yeah. the 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 one thing I'll say that is really tripped me out about this book. Okay, there are like seven eleven year old kids. They go into the sewers. They do battle with this this thing, 
they finish the battle, I guess is the way to say it. And their connection mm-hmm. starts to break up with each other. So uh, uh, they can't find their way out of the sewer. And so to keep that connection going long enough so that they can walk their way out of the sewer, the six boys fuck the girl. Yep. Yeah, that was. I read that <laughs> was left sex. out of the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm just like, yeah, underage what the fuck uh, is going yeah. on? Yeah, and, and I was just like, okay, they've justified it, but it's it's silly and weird. Yeah. Maybe they should have just called the uh, book it, "Ick" instead of "It." <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't know why this is in here, but yeah, it's 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 very trippy. Um, so, does the book pick up like? Because in the movie they say the the creature comes like every twenty seven years, yeah, and yeah, and that all these people are going to have to reconvene when they're adults. Is that, yeah? Does that happen in the book? Yeah, they almost kill it as kids, and but they're not sure, and so they they make a a pact at the end of the book, which they allude to at the beginning of the book, uh, that if it ever comes back again, they'll reconvene. And of course it does. Oh, so the sequel that they're going to make, which is that, that's not the, the other book, half then. of the that's book. That's not in the book. Yeah. Oh, the book the does book. cover that. The yeah. book is both the uh, timelines of them as 11-year-olds and the timelines of them as uh, near 40-year-olds. Oh, does so, it like jump back and forth? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty wild dense. how it does it. Sometimes it's like mid sentence. You're, you're getting snapped back to the 1950s. I, I think the movie does like the 1970s from the preview, but yeah, this is children of the fifties, uh, adults of the late seventies. Oh no, the movie is children of the eighties and adults will be like, uh, a few years ago. Nowish. Yeah. But yeah, not not a not a great book, but uh, I, I, I put in so much fucking time in it. I, I figure I should you know use it as a fresh it. Um, and I started reading Good Omens, which is a really fast read. I, I forgot how quickly that goes. Yeah, uh, I like that's, the. Uh, that's one I I start and stop every now and again. But I think after my reading muscles have been built up by Stephen King, I just you know yeah. been jamming through it. I like that the Cerberus in that one is a tiny, cute little puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it fun. keeps going. I don't want to go back to hell. I like I like chasing mice <laughs> yeah, and yeah. kitties. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. So that's okay. it. Just just a lot of reading. Man, I thought I All saw right, movies, but I can't. Oh, I finished Mind Hunter. I didn't. I thought it was great while it was going on, and then when it ended, I was like, oh, that's 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 highly underwhelming. So that's Mind Hunter. <laughs> so like every Netflix oh, show, good. Basically. Then I didn't start it. Yay. Yeah. Okay. What have you got, Chris? Uh, let's see. Just a couple of things. So I did watch this week just because I was not sleepy and I wanted to be sleepy. Uh, so I watched Jack Reacher Never Go Back, starring Mr. Tom Ooh. Cruise. And uh, it took me about 20 minutes in to realize that I was hate watching it and same here I, well they did tell you not to go back <laughs> yeah yeah it, like it's right there uh, on the title but it was know, so the, don't go back yeah. don't watch it it's so artless i mean it's just so artless it's just yeah. lots I, of running I did and, the exact and, same thing i saw it was on and i was like all right let's see because i did actually like the first one i did too and i did too. i'm watching i'm going ew 
Ew, don't care. Wow, Tom Cruise does look weird. Ew, yeah. dumb, don't care. Ooh, Kobe Smulders, love her, Canadian woman, hot again. Yeah. And then and then 20 minutes, and I, I do the same thing. I'm like, well, what am I fucking doing? Yeah, and then it was like a little girl, like well, not a little girl, but like a teenager gets involved, and then it's he's got to save the kid. It's just like, what the fuck? But I knew I was in for trouble when it starts. Like the very first shot is like people standing outside this diner, and there's, you know, like unconscious people, and they're talking about what a badass fight they just saw. And if you've seen the first yeah. movie, uh, that's Jack Reacher's thing. He just he can beat up like 10 people at a time, uh, ex-military, whatever. And so they lead with that, and then the cops go in, and then they're telling him, you know, get it, get down, and we're gonna cuff you, and you can't do this, and la la la. And then Tom Cruise goes into that like standard Hollywood soliloquy. He's Here's like, what's You're not gonna, gonna do that in the next thirty seconds. Yeah. That and, phone yeah. is gonna ring, and then boop, boop, boop. yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. and then the phone starts ringing. That's in the trailer. Two things are gonna happen in the next ninety seconds. Excuse me. First, that phone over there is gonna ring. Second, you're gonna be wearing these cuffs on your way to prison. <laughs> well, that is one magnificent prophecy, Mr. Reacher. Yeah, basically the trailer is the, the first uh, two minutes of the movie. That's all it is. Uh, and it's so artless. I mean, I just literally just wanted to turn it off, but I was so gobsmacked at how awful it was. Uh, and the, the kicker is that the Jack Reacher character, as written by Lee Child in like this massive series of books, uh, he's like, six foot four just a giant dude and when they cast tom cruise uh i had to laugh because i'm like how are they gonna fucking pull this off but jack reacher was a good movie because it's christopher mccrory uh who stages yeah. really good action and he's he's actually competent as a filmmaker and knows what he's doing unlike i think Edward wasn't Swick. it written wasn't the screenplay by uh what's his name mcmanus the guy who did way of the gun am i wrong uh that's mccrory that's Chris. Oh, McCoy. I always get his name wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so he did yeah, the first. Corey's doing the the next Mission Impossible. He did the previous yeah, yeah. Mission Impossible, yeah. also. But he's he the one's coming out this summer. So, it? so he's fun. So I watch. I hate watch that and uh, don't recommend it for anybody ever. Uh, and then <laughs> and I have been reading. I went back and started again uh, a fantasy series called The Sword of Shannara. Uh, which is basically a uh, Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, I heard I heard you say the sort of Shannara, yeah. like kind of Shannara, you know, but not really. <laughs> no, it's sort of Shannara. No, the sword of Shannara. And there's like a whole series. Okay. I think I think they made a TV show out of it. Uh, but basically, it's yeah, just that a, was sort of Shannara, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's basically a page for page ripoff of Lord of the Rings, and it's just flabbergasting how similar it is and it took the guy like seven years to write it apparently and it became this massive boffo sensation i read it when i was a kid and i thought it was good uh but as an adult i'm like holy shit i'm like here's this is the scene he lifted from lord of the rings and then this is the scene he lifted and here's this character it's just like a carbon copy knockoff it's very weird so i'm kind of hate reading that so it's been a good week for for (laughs) what a hate 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 consuming uh my media uh but the 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 prose is just purple beyond imagining it's just giant run-on sentences with and lots the darkness of, of the tall oaks and somber hickories reached upward to overlap and blot out the cloudless night sky the sun had set leaving only the deep blue of the heavens pinpointed by thousands of friendly stars 
The huge trees shut out even these, and Flick was left alone in the silent darkness as he moved slowly uh, along this the fantasy land. Path. And I just want to put my fist through my face when I'm reading it. But yet I continue. Uh, so don't, <laughs> don't read Terry that. Pratchett. You'll feel better. Yeah, that's, I think that's next. I'm going to have to do a palate cleanse after this. Uh, but I'm yeah. like you, I'm like, I'm too far in. I'm not backing out now. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, I did also finally watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I uh, mentioned to Brian pre, so, pre-recording. Yay, we can talk about it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's seen it now. Everybody. Okay, wait. Now what? I didn't hear what you said. You watched what? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Ah, okay, okay. All right. So, Eric, you had a reaction to this. I kind of want to hear it. Uh, oh, because we didn't discuss it. Right. Uh, we wow. were like, wait for Chris. Yeah, because I was the third oh. wheel. I can't. Okay. Uh, you guys are going to have to start because I, I, it's okay. such a sharp turn here. I'm like, I remember thinking it wasn't <laughs> bad. Uh, <laughs> I could follow so, it. So, yeah. this is the I one where Ego silly. is literally the bad guy. Like, the yeah. the antagonist is ego, both yeah. literally and figuratively. Yeah, right. Yawn, yawn. I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna go on record. I just I I, I didn't like it as much as the first one. I it does have some great scenes in it. There's a there's a bit where Yondu kills like all the Ravagers with his magical arrow to the song "Come a Little Bit Closer." Yeah, uh, which is fairly badass. I mean, it's got moments, but um, at the same time... I think that's my reaction to the movie. I don't remember. I cannot yeah. remember any of it. And I watched it like a week and a half ago. And I think my walk away from it immediately was you know, the same as any Marvel movie, which is the same as any fast food meal. Oh, okay, that was good. But then you, you just... It, it, I just you, you, you mentioned that thing about... He has a name? That guy has a name with the uh, conductor? Like, his <laughs> movie was like... Yeah, yeah, Yondu was like, I, okay, he's the, the blue, one who was, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, that, yeah. that guy. The blue guy with the, the conductor wand that, like, like kills a bunch of people. Yeah, that part was kind of neat, but I totally didn't remember it until you said it. Yeah. Uh, I, huh. I, yeah, I was just sort of underwhelmed by the whole Enterprise. I just thought everything that I like about the first one, it, I mean, it literally was all about world building. It was one of the first Marvel flicks outside of Thor that kind of did something else. Uh, off of Earth and had a little fun with it, and there was a lot to digest. And this one, where he kind of reeled it all in, and I know it was all about you know building the family and personal blah 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 whatever. Uh, but just the fact that they didn't really go anywhere and do anything, I just had no scope. I just thought, eh, if you're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, have have some scope, you know, do it up. But Planet Ego was kind of just ho hum. I just didn't care. I don't know. Part of my problem with it is I I prefer the soundtrack to the first movie. Like the music choices in this one weren't as fun, and he worked a little too hard to I like incorporate that he gets them. A zoom in the end, yeah, he gets the <laughs> zoom in the end. That was mm-hmm. that was nice. So um, you know, I mean the whole the whole bit with the Ravager funeral was was well done. Um, they did. Uh, I remember we we're talking about the cinematic universe, and and you said this wasn't even the real Guardians of the Galaxy, and so they brought. Yeah, you know, I mentioned it then, but yeah, they brought uh, those characters into the MCU at least with Sylvester yeah. Stallone and yeah, yeah, 
yeah uh, a few others honestly my favorite part was the very end when Groot has finally grown out of the baby tree and he's the sulky teenager oh yes uh I thought, adolescent Groot <laughs> yeah I thought that was good uh I but, like you know, the opening I had to, battle that is only taking place in the background I've always wanted to see that something yeah, that's yeah. like huge effects and it's all background and I remember years ago saying that'd be a great idea and they were all yeah. like like you were all like it costs too much there's no way they would ever do that and then just have it in the background <laughs> well but. and then they did and then it was all downhill from there so lesson learned yeah yeah it's a good short film okay fine there it is guardians of the galaxy 2 well i'm just happy i saw it because now i'm all caught up uh for black panther <laughs> so i'm i'm happy now <laughs> Okay. And Black Panther does look like a lot of fun. Every yeah. time I think I'm going to get an opportunity to stop with the, the Marvel stuff, I end up getting yanked back in. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's not like you're really getting ready for Black Panther. It's that you, you're getting ready for uh, uh, Infinity War or whatever, the most hyped movie that still hasn't been completely shot ever. No, I'm hyped. It's just I'm the hyped most for... expensive television series ever made. Yeah. Is, I mean, that's really how you have to think of it. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's a television series. And what? The, how many movies are there now? Like 17 and something like that? Um, Yeah, something on the... Uh, yeah, so basically... 20. Yeah, if you, if you watch it from start to finish at this stage and don't sleep, uh, you're pretty much going to stay up for like three days. I mean, that's how it is. All right, that's that's the fresh shit. Fresh goes better. Fresh <laughs> thanks eric <laughs> uh so here's here's the show we're gonna do time travel because i like time travel i think it's fun but it's also stupid uh discuss Can we go back and make the fresh shit better <laughs> i wish let's start now uh <laughs> if we can get the podcast up to 88 miles an hour it'll happen go yeah yeah so uh, yeah. So the uh, the first thing I wanted to mention about time travel uh, is that if you if you read up on your things like the theory of general re- relativity and such, uh, and even Newton, uh, time sort of travels in a straight line. So the gist of it is that most physicists will tell you that time travel is not possible, really. Uh, yet it is an obsession of many sci-fi filmmakers, and that's what I find fascinating. Um, mm. But it does open up a lot of philosophical conundrums, uh, which we can address as we go. But just keeping that in the back of your mind, you know, like your own grandpa thing, the Hitler kill par- paradox, uh, things like right. that. So just those are always present in whatever time travel story is being told and that's what i i find fascinating about it because everybody's got their own take about fucking up the future or wrecking the past or whatever and so that's mm-hmm. that's the drama that's the drama of time travel we can start with uh just a cup like if you know a couple of books off the top of your head because that sort of started the whole thing uh we don't really have to delve a lot into it because um, a lot of the books became movies so it's sort of a self like the time machine like the time machine uh, like uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. So H.G. Wells and Mark Twain are a couple of the notable progenitors of the time travel story. So I just wanted to throw out there because it makes me sound smart. Uh, mm. Have you have you either of you read either of those books? 
I've read them both. No. Yankee and King Arthur's Court. I mean, I think I read that in junior high. Right. Uh, time Traveler. Um, yeah, I, I think I think same time. I, 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 you know, I've always had like a since. Well, Doctor Who has always been a favorite of mine. So when yeah. I found out there was all this there time travel fiction, I, I got wicked into it. Yeah. But um, yeah, the 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 Mark Twain one isn't the Mark Twain one. I think is probably more to the heart of the whole thing which is it doesn't matter the uh the technology or the uh um, paradox or whatever paradox yeah yeah the paradoxes yeah. and all that stuff that was just set dressing to make writers look smart i mean his thing was really about you know do you want to go back and change things uh do you and want to you know correct the mistakes of your life and what would you change if you could well the, the thing i like is the, I mean, people bring up the paradox thing, and that's sort of the dramatic engine for any uh, time travel thing. Is you know what kind of right. paradox would this create? And that's that's sort or of lack the, of dramatic uh, action because yeah, yeah. it's it's like basically a way to have an issue that has nothing to do with characters. We're just going to yeah, make some shit up. Well, yeah, and sometimes it's just the MacGuffin of a time travel story. I mean, it's a just a weird like all-purpose utility. Uh, but the thing that I like it, the ones where the paradox can't be broken, though, where like. By going back, they now have become the thing they were trying to stop. Well, that's the that's the predestination paradox. Uh, So that's things like uh, Twelve Monkeys. We'll do that. And and that's thing. It's like a vampire movie. It changes depending on what you know that that movie is really about. Yeah. Uh, There's a thing at the end of that uh, first Star Trek movie where um, Spock says to Spock that he told Kirk, (laughs) you know, that the two of them can't meet. And he said that was just because I knew that he would like come up with something in his own head about how time travel doesn't allow it or some shit. It was basically like he assumed Kirk watched too many time travel movies like we do. (laughs) Exactly. Well, the thing of it is, is this an actual theory? It's called the Novikov self-consistency principle. And basically it's a physicist uh, who came up with this and it, it basically asserts that any scenario in which a paradox happens uh, the probability of that event occurring is zero. So basically, a paradox could never happen because uh, quantum physics will self-correct itself. <laughs> so basically, mm-hmm. paradoxes don't exist because they can't ever happen. Because basically, so a real ev- dragon wouldn't do that. Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we could do this thing that can't be done, <laughs> yeah, so, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. yeah so okay. that's so that's the thing that cracks me up about time Good travel, show, everybody. Story. Yeah. So we're done. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. <laughs> I've always had this thought on time travel that, okay, you, 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 something, I, I, the, the whole thing of go back and stop. Yeah, let's use this as a, a signal into World War II and Hitler. I have a time machine. I go back in time and kill Hitler, right? Then I come forward in time. I come back home and there was never a World War II, but just for me, because I'm the only one who went on the trip. Basically, yeah. for all of you who didn't get on the time machine, I just disappeared one day and never came back. Yeah. So, well, and maybe that's... it's possible for a person to do it, but yeah, you know, I think that's that's what prevents a paradox is you're the person who's just seeing it. You're you're not actually affecting everything and everyone. So you're just dislocating yourself into another timeline, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's the basic theory, like Back to the Future 2. It's you create a whole separate timeline where all that exists uh, while the other one keeps on rolling. Right. 
So, so in Back to the Future, Marty gets into the, the car for the first time and goes back to 1955, but his real parents spend the rest of their lives wondering whatever happened to Marty and did <laughs> yeah, really? get kidnapped. And, oh my gosh, there were terrorists in Twin yeah. in Twin Valley Pine Peaks, whatever the fuck they lived in. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's fun. So yeah, it's I mean it literally it's 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 sort of the the gold that Rick and Morty as a show mines, but they don't actually do time travel, but they do explore the multiple. Uh, reality yeah. thing uh, and I think it might as well be right. a time travel show even though they don't technically time travel uh, Wait, you mean Rick and Morty show. is kind of like a, a time travel story that we've seen somewhere else what? <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, Doc and Marty, Rick and Morty Doctor Who oh my god, yeah. mind blown yeah. Head cannon, ah! so yeah uh, but you did, you brought up I Star Trek I saw a meme and- that said that uh, Rick and Morty is Doctor Who for pedophiles, and I, I think I believe that. <laughs> it's, it's, yep. it's close, it's close. Uh, but we also brought up Star Trek, and I know uh, we were going to touch on that at some point, so I might as well just bring it up to the forefront so we can All move right. on. Yeah, let's get uh, it out of the way. So Star Trek just keeps going to this well. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, I mean, okay, just in the films, we had time travel in at least three of the of the films that have been made right so they travel back in time in star trek four to save the fucking whales yeah um they there's travel the, back in the time, time warp in with the board generations in oh the backdoor okay, pilot for uh uh where they with you know where they go back in time for no reason at all uh the one with <laughs> terry gar in the original series they just oh, say that's right. we've gone back in time to do some research yada yada like they they're they don't even explain it. Just, we're back in time. You know, yeah. fuck you. We're back in it's time. Like, yeah, it's Terry Gar and a cat, basically, and Spock. Yeah. Yeah. The reboot was a time travel. Um, there's so much damn time travel in Star Trek. I, I mean, well, here's the I didn't thing. I don't want to get into this show. Is like Voyager, once you get into the second half well, of that series, there's like so much time travel. Well, well here's the thing. I, I did a Google search, so we'll just we'll do this real quick and put it to bed. Uh, but I did a Google search for how many times the time travel devices used in Star Trek uh, over the course of everything that has happened up to whatever this new show is. They didn't list that one. So in the original series, they do five stories for time travel. Uh, they even have one in the animated series. Then, <laughs> then they do four uh, movies with it, which three of which are next gen go figure because in next gen they did 12 stories deep space nine they did 11 voyager they did 12 and in enterprise they did 10 so it seems like as time progresses the writers tend to go more and more to the the time travel thing as just a weird plot device Mm -hmm. so and yet nobody thinks of it as a time travel show Exactly. I, I remember well, there was yeah. one of one of those Star Trek books that Peter David wrote, and yeah, I admit to reading them, but only because the Peter David books were so oh, yeah. good. And w- someone comes on the Enterprise and basically starts spelling out all the times they've done something weird with time, <laughs> and and they're like, you realize this is totally crazy. This doesn't happen with any other ship in this whole uh, universe. You you alone. <laughs> get get fucked with this stuff why is that and they're like yeah. uh, i don't know and then of course q shows up and says because you're my favorites uh, 
wasn't there actually like an episode of Next Generation where there was like time police coming in and saying, "Hey, stop it," or maybe that was Voyager. I can't remember. That One was of the Voyager. That was Voyager. They basically the time cops showed up from the past and said, "We have to destroy you right now because <laughs> you're about to ruin something in the future." Needless to say, we need to clean up the timeline. Someone must go back to the beginning and prevent the chain of events from occurring in the first place. I can't make another jump without damaging myself. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. I'm going back in time to stop Braxton. But you already have him. And there's a third one in our brig. I arrested him earlier today. But don't worry. They'll all be reintegrated in time for the trial. All right. Let's get started before my headache gets any worse. I hope one of them was John Flock, Claude Van Damme. That would be awesome. Fucking <laughs> time club Star Trek crossover. Damn it. Uh well, that also brings up because they they don't do a lot of TV shows uh, that I could find, but there were a few. So Doctor Who obviously is probably the the top dog of the time. I remember shows. one absolutely. I remember one in the eighties with a guy with a watch and a kid, and they yeah keep vo- falling. Voyagers. Yeah, Voyagers. Okay, yeah. yeah, and they 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 show up near famous people and they help Thomas Edison invent the light bulb and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that was Does I love them. Leap count. As yeah. time travel, then it does because it's yeah, totally. basically he's bouncing from time to time, even though he's inhabiting the body. Uh, so I would count mm-hmm. that one. Uh, I want them to redo the show Voyagers, only have them like show up in areas of history where you learn the real story like we gotta help president wilson uh uh, put together the (laughs) league of nations and then you find out that he's a horrible horrible racist which he was you know like we go into his extreme racism and uh then go what what an asshole fuck this guy and then they don't help him (laughs) yeah you know what you can take your league of nations and you can shove it up your ass what do you think of that and then the league of nations doesn't happen yeah. Well, even as an 11-year-old, uh, I would still love that show because, you know, time travel. But I watched the shit out of it, and I barely remember it now, but I just remember the opening. They're, like, flying, literally flying through space before they fall mm. out of the sky into whatever historical conundrum they're going to solve. And basically, the watch has a red light when they have to fix something, and they're always— And it's, it's a green like, light. It's, yeah, and then at the end, it's the green light if they're good. And so basically, the the tagline was "Lights green, kid, let's go!" And then they would go on to the next adventure. I'm shocked that it didn't make another season. Yeah, which makes you wonder though. Like, okay, yay, the lights green. We get to fall through the void of space again, and then get <laughs> yeah. like yeah. thrown into yeah. the ground somewhere else. It's not like yeah. they're going to a Starbucks to get a latte. They're they're now going <laughs> to go fall on some more shit. You think at some point yeah. they just go this is kind of a nice place. Why don't we just camp it out here? Yeah. You know, let's, uh, but fun fact, fun fact. Well, two fun facts. Uh, John Eric Hexum, who starred as Phineas Bogg, uh, the one that shot himself on another show accidentally, uh, <gasps> with a blank. Oh, that was him. Yeah, it was him. Uh, so basically the, the blank shot off too close to his head and killed him. Uh, right. And then, and then the kid is named Mino Pellucci, who was in a lot of shit in the early eighties, uh, that is Punky Brewster's brother. So just so you know, huh. so the he more was on know. the bad news bears, the TV show. Yeah. He was in everything. So yeah, Voyagers. That's, that was my top pick after Dr. Who for time travel shows. Uh, hmm. and I don't really know any others, honestly. 
That's so funny that I just pulled it out of the air, and that's like your other favorite. <laughs> I know. I watch it all the time. Like, 82 was a good year, though, for shows. You had like that and Auto Man and yeah. Manimal. That was a good one. So, yeah. Manimal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. We're just that's not time travel. That's cop rock. <laughs> almost. Nothing's as sad as cop rock. Okay, that's it. And hey, hey. Let's be careful out there. Let's be careful out there. We had a 187 at the 7 11 on the corner of 4th and Main. Two Caucasians of the male persuasion for the bullet through the cashier's brain. Moving on, I see it too. Uh, uh, if, if we could go back in time and just kill that, that would be awesome. Thank you. Didn't it die um, fast enough for you? Like, <laughs> I know in the seventies there was a show, The Time Tunnel. That yeah. that that was a big deal time travel show early on, but you know, very low budget and kind of craptacular. I mean, sci-fi now is a big deal because everyone loves it, but there was a time where sci-fi was totally lowbrow and shit, and nobody wanted to spend any time with it. Yeah. It was, so talk about Doctor Who again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wildly hated. <laughs> well, yeah. that's a, that's the a stupid thing about Doctor, Doctor Who. Who took place on, like, half of one of their stages. Yeah. And so you would see right. these amazing sets uh, where they're, like, on alien planets, and they were like, yeah, we, we had barely enough room to move the cameras because <laughs> exactly. we, we were just given no budget. Well, and that's the other thing about Doctor Who. This is what I heard. I have no idea if it's true, but it might as well be. But I heard a tidbit once that basically Doctor Who, with all of that chintziness and shit... For effects and, and makeup and whatever was still the highest budgeted BBC show <laughs> at the time, uh, and it sh- it really shows. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now, Eric, I know you were into it, especially during like the Tom Baker years when it was like live or at least on PBS. Right. Um. Do you still do you still keep up with Doctor Who? Uh, I did for a while. I mean, I, I, I think I stopped at the end of, um, um, oh God, now I can't remember the names. David Tennant. David, there was David Tennant and then there was Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Matt Smith is my favorite so far. I really liked him. Really? Um, okay. yeah, a lot. Tennant, Tennant's uh, my favorite. I loved him. See, that's the thing with the new ones. I'm down with all of them until the next one. And I go, nah, that one's better. Um, <laughs> that's that has happened every single time it's been like when the doctor has regenerated i've been like oh shit we're not gonna have eccleston oh we get tenant oh shit yeah. we're not gonna have tenant oh i like matt smith oh shit and now it's peter capaldi and ah uh, shit he's gone but i'm a little more like used to it now yeah. yeah i liked peter capaldi when i could catch it i just i never i haven't had time to keep up but i like the idea of a kind of angry bitter older doctor who you know, I, I think it's too bad that his tenure is ending. I mean, I, an angry Scottish Doctor Who is great. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that, that they, they went from Eccleston to Tennant to Smith, and they got all of the, the girls on board, uh, which sounds super sexist on my end. But, I mean, literally, they opened up the fan base for Doctor Who. Uh, so now the girls were, were watching it, which consistently, in the past, it was effectively a boy show, more or less. Uh if, yeah. if you want to get down to it. 
but it it opened it up and then you had all of the pseudo love stories with each companion and that got really tiresome yeah. for me uh and then suddenly uh-huh, and yeah. then so suddenly they they come out with capaldi and they're like yeah fuck you we're not doing this for a while we're not we're just done and so <laughs> they and then they moved on and then so now they're like casting jody whittaker and so it's a woman so now it's like yeah fuck you we're still not doing it or are they i don't know <laughs> oh, so <laughs> i really hope they don't have a male companion and or if they do that there's like no yeah. sexual tension of any sort yeah so i not only hope that i i hope that the male companion is so twerpy that for once he's the maiden <laughs> that needs rescuing yeah. you know it's like let's let's get so let's get, I don't know, somebody who's like, you know, 30, but has the body of a nine-year-old who just cannot <laughs> take care of shit. Yeah. Maybe Sounds they're really good. good at hacking. Let's go Sounds back to good. that old uh, chestnut. There, there you go. They should, they should cast like Angry Joe as the companion, right? <laughs> Angry just, Joe. Just have like, <laughs> like some bro, you know, gamer bro, like just dumbass. <laughs> uh, or just, Yeah. Well, I just recycle Mickey. That's all you got to do. No, that yeah, yeah. guy from um, Misfits, uh, who's now on uh, Preacher, the the Irish guy from Preacher, the guy oh, who's like Cassidy, thin as yeah. a stick and always yeah. drunk. Yeah, yeah. Him. <laughs> he's fucking awesome. Yeah, he would be good. He would be good. Yeah, uh, I like your moxie, sir. I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just have a drunk Irishman as a companion for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it'll work <laughs> okay all right so uh, there was a time travel movie i feel like i had to bring up okay go for um, it when we were all in high school we went and saw this movie and we realized that it was shot in our neighborhood and that was bill and ted's excellent adventure yes yes yeah. i saw that Bowl. i saw that opening night valentine's day 1989 uh with our friend toby it was like a bro date <laughs> and then for the next that, six, that six, bowling alley still stands yeah. yeah um the circle k is now a mexican restaurant i remember watching that and seeing like the you know when they're standing outside the bowling alley and it just says bowl and i i thought <laughs> to everyone else that's gonna look like a brilliant ironic joke but the fucking bowling alley did just have the yeah. word bowl right in the front yeah. Of it. yeah and it was walking distance from eric's house yeah like literally yeah. Well, half a mile, maybe. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Metro you, Center is dead. The mall is gone. That was also my first experience with movie geography, where you realize that in a movie, stuff is a lot closer together than it is in actuality. You know, yeah. like the fact that they would hang at the Metro Center and go to a bowling alley in Tempe, and <laughs> it, it, it's like when I saw Blown Away, that Tommy Lee Jones, Jeff Bridges uh, movie. W- w- that takes place in Boston while I was living in Boston and mm-hmm. he's racing to get the bomb. And I'm like, wait a minute. He went, he went to the Boston commons and then he was in Alston and then he was on the Bay. Yeah. And what is this about? What? Yeah. Movie, movie logic when it comes to yeah. geography <laughs> makes no sense at all. Well, in Bill and Ted's, it makes perfect sense. And I'm just going to say that. Uh, but yeah, that was, that resulted in about six straight months of quoting uh whether yeah. we wanted to yeah. or not <laughs> and that's why it has remained i think a steady pop culture thing uh and you know i mean i like i like their choice of time machine as well i like that it's a just a telephone booth uh which is kind of a riff on doctor who but like a really shitty 
version. It's like just a crap. And, the, and if you watch Bill and Ted now, it's even funnier because there's no such thing as phone booths anymore. So, uh-huh. it, so it makes even, yeah. uh, even funnier I'll, I'll joke. I'll tell you what, though. It holds up. Like my my boys are teenagers, and they like Bill and Ted, even though yeah, it's dated. Um, it still it still works. Yeah. Hey, and Carlin is in it. So any any movie that gave work mm-hmm. to Carlin is all right in my book. But then yeah, uh, you get that whole thing when they're in the front of the <laughs> the Circle K, just asking random people stuff. Excuse me, do you know when the Mongols ruled China? Excuse me, when did the Mongols rule China? I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck's going on? It just makes me laugh every time I watch it. I don't know why. Because it's so dumb. So dumb. Ah, uh, but it's a good. Would you put that in your top five? Um, it's, it's hard for me to, to evaluate it objectively because of the locality of it. You know, like, yeah. it, it hit at the right time and it hit in the right place. So, eh, I don't think it's in my top five, but it's 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 worth calling out okay i think though we we have to of course acknowledge that in this movie we did first get to meet alex winter this is the alex winter introduction that the world that's true that's true and more or less his exit but no i know i know he's well that was kind of my joke because everybody always (laughs) says this about keanu reeves but you know let's not forget that uh, mm-hmm. without this movie, uh, Terry Camarilli wouldn't have played Napoleon. You know, it's like Actually, IMDb jokes. <laughs> okay, yeah. the last thing I saw yeah, Alex yeah. Winter in was Grand Piano uh, with um, um, Elijah Wood and John Cusack. Have you seen this thing? No. Is it no. a time travel movie? Oh. No, it's, okay. but it's very much got a, a ticking clock. Okay. Um, no, check it out. Grand Piano. Ask for it by name. Okay. Oh, oh doing a little bit of IMDb uh, s- surfing. Uh, Joan of Arc was Jane Wheedlin. Yeah. Was it? I always thought she looked like Jane yeah. Wheedlin. I didn't yeah, realize. Jane, founder yeah, it's founder of Jane the Wheedlin. Go-Go's. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, Bernie Casey's also in it, which is also nice to see. I like Bernie Casey. She's uh, an ordained minister. Yeah, it's one of her her deals now. And my wife and I have been toying with the idea of renewing our vows with Jane Wheedlin of the Go-Go's. Like going out to wherever she is and just being like, "Will you marry us again?" Yeah, just show up. That's awesome. She totally would do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to well, be head over heels to renew your uh, vows. Shut like up! That. Don't start! Don't start! Um, should you go? Uh, we got to beat you for that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so Terminator. That has to be mentioned just because it's Terminator. Uh, that's pretty much its whole deal. Yeah. Oh God! That one, okay. I, Terminator's the movie that sort of mainstreamed time travel. It, it kind of said, you know yes, what? It, it kind of stuff your your geeky little brother is into. It's not that difficult to figure out. You change yeah. some shit, and then shit happens. And yeah. so they, they they there was just enough time travel to go. Oh, I get it. Now let's watch shit blow up. Yeah. Am I the only person on Earth who likes the first Terminator better than Terminator Two? No, I'm I'm in that camp no. as well. I fell okay, asleep good. during Terminator 2. <laughs> In the theater, I fell asleep. Uh, when when Terminator 2 was coming out, I was working in the movie theater, and I, I saw the trailer the first time like through the glass from the projection booth, and so I didn't see it very clearly. And what I thought I had seen was that both Terminators were Arnold, and mm-hmm. I thought, this is going to rock. And then I watched the movie, and it was... Jason, uh, was it Robert Patrick? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I wanted Ar- fuck, what is this? God and, damn but it. I just couldn't I couldn't get behind the liquid metal robot the way I could get behind a robot. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only thing I don't know why. Well, the only thing that'll make Terminator 2 stand out is if you ever watch Terminator 3. And then you realize I've seen that all of them, the, but the one with uh, okay, uh, Christian I will, Bale. I really will defend Ugh. Terminator Three. the The Christian Bale one that was that was horrible. the The Genesis one that was horrible. But the yeah, third one, I'm sorry, horrible. I loved. I loved the third Terminator only because it basically said that all that stuff we said in the second one about how your destiny isn't written in stone. Fuck you. It's written in stone. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, I liked you are it. all going to fucking die. I when all the missiles are in the air, you know, <laughs> a, 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 at the end of that, I started yeah. just cheering. I was like, yeah, uh, that's right. You can't escape your fate. Uh, I think I think Terminator your 3 God is uh, forsaken holds up you. Your time. God is forsaken you. Sorry, okay. go ahead. Did you guys ever see the the I think it was College Humor's take on the the trailer for Terminator Genesis where they like no. dubbed over what people were saying? Nice. I'm sure it's better oh, than I've the actual movie. I got to send you a link to that, but okay. but yeah, basically it's making fun of the how re- convoluted the timeline has become. Last week, Skynet sent back a more advanced Terminator to kill me 10 years after I was born. That's why I sent back a less advanced Terminator to stop that one, who not only succeeded, but stopped Judgment Day and became my friend. Prompting Skynet to send back an even more powerful Terminator than the previous Terminators, which I dealt with this morning by sending back an even less advanced Terminator, causing a different Judgment Day. None of this changes the fact that I still need to send someone back to impregnate my mother. You know, so like John Connor sending <laughs> Kyle Reese back in times like, listen, you're gonna want to find some pants. Um, <laughs> or, or Sarah Connor's just like, stop trying to have sex with me. Um, uh, but anyway, it's your yeah, mom, it's, dude. It's your mom, dude. <laughs> what do you mean um, this movie's going to fail? Well, Jai Courtney's in it. So how yeah. the fuck? Okay. How the fuck? Do, I, I can see how casting Amelia Clark as young Sarah Connor, like works as a casting decision. Mm-hmm. Casting Jai Courtney to be young Michael Bean or to just be Michael Bean? Man. What? No. Yeah. What? Well, and uh yeah. don't forget that Matt Smith, no. uh Doctor Who himself is also in it. Uh-huh. Which was like yeah. Ooh, yeah. stunt Sucks. casting, stunt casting. As Skynet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Yeah, whoops. I spoiled the movie. Don't oh, watch no. it. Oh no. Oh no. Uh yeah. So yeah, no, so there's that, that I saw that movie. It sucked. I like how they wrote in a workaround for why Arnold is old. You know? Yeah. You, yeah. you go away. I will wait here for you. Oh, wow. You look older. Yeah. That is because I still have skin that, that yeah. is like, oh, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, that's all we really need to say about Terminator. Everybody's seen him, basically. Uh, so, it's the big one. The first uh, one is still awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's the same, I would say, for Back to the Future as well. Uh, the first one is pretty much it i don't the first one is a classic yeah i really liked two because of the way it played with time travel because they intersected with the first movie it's, i didn't see that coming well i like that they went all empire strikes back with it but it just when i watch it again it just doesn't hold up 
I mean, it's obvious. If they had had an ending, if they had yeah. had a good plan for well, three uh, yeah, and, and paid and, off, I, yeah. I think it'd be an other classic. Well, and that's, yeah, that's a bed. That's the thing. It's obviously a bridge to get to the third one, which didn't need to get made at all. So that sort of tarnishes it somewhat. So to say nothing first- of the fact that the other two uh, uh, movies did not have the the unifying theme supplied by Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> well, because yeah. gotta get back in day. You know, that's 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 the whole. Day. I think we all did that in the eighties. It was the power of love. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah, that's the power of love, Eric. <laughs> it's the, the power, power of love. love. <laughs> Huey Lewis. Oh my God! Uh, it's like it's like we were. But it's, it's like we uh, were, ah. Uh, hey, so Back to the Future 3 had double back by ZZ Top. Yeah, Come on we now. don't need that. I think all we need at this point right now <laughs> is just the, the opening to Power of Love. Oh, I loved it. That was great. Thank you. Uh, now, so, the first movie, that played in theaters for a full year. Yeah. Like, it came out in 1985. Right, and yeah. I remember it was still playing in the movie theaters in 1986 in like J- June. Yeah, it, and it, uh, that it just does not happen yeah. anymore. It outplayed Teen Wolf, which is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> go figure. Yeah, because um, I mean, what's better than Teen Wolf? Yeah, but I I like I just like uh, the the whole concept behind the movie is basically about a guy that uh, almost fucks his mom. <laughs> I mean that's pretty much the gist of it, and I thought when when you're a kid watching it, that doesn't really register. But as an adult, you're like, "Oh, Zemeckis, you dirty old bastard! That's amazing. That's your mom, dude. It's your mom, dude. They were they they didn't they didn't uh, 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 shy away from that. That was like a plot point. Well, I know, but when you're, yeah, a, I, I liked the fact that they didn't. Uh, put it in there and make you look, come back later and say, oh, yeah. wait a minute, he was going to fuck his mom. They, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. yeah, It was a part of the story. Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was icked out by the whole thing. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah, so, yeah. No, no, she no, has no. the line, you know, when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. This is all wrong. I, I don't know what it is. But when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. It's because, you know, Apparently, yeah, that's that's the thing about incest is that it crosses the time-space barrier. Yeah. Well, as far as time travel movies go, I would probably put this, uh, at least pop culture-wise, I would put this at the top of the heap because you've got all the stuff, but you've also got the DeLorean, which is the most iconographic uh, time machine. I would put it above the TARDIS even uh, because yeah, it's just so of its time and not any other time, basically. Yeah. Uh, and people just go nuts for it. I like just I like that it's a defunct auto manufacturer, basically, uh, and that's your car. Yeah. So it just it as yeah, it, one it, of my I, former coworkers has a DeLorean that he's decked out like. Does it have like the flux the flux capacitor? Does it have it? Oh oh yeah, he was an yeah. IT guy. He's pretty geeky. Yeah yeah. The only thing that though that kills me, and you have to be like us, be just stupid geeky about stuff like this, is the flux capacitor is actually just the. Uh, oscillation overthruster from a crew bonsai yeah. and that fucking kills me every time so, I see it. Yeah. So there's a legend about that. That's in the in the commentary tracks on some episode or another of Babylon Five, uh Joe Straczynski is talking about a scene. He's like, okay, now I can't say what it is, but in this episode is the thing. And the thing is a prop that has been passed from from genre production to genre production, <laughs> and it shows up somewhere in just about every sci-fi yeah, or yeah. fantasy show there is. The thing is the flux capacitor. Yeah. Um, it shows the, up fucking everywhere, apparently. Or, 
or the oscillation overthruster. Take your pick. Yes. No, I think it's the flex capacitor is what most people will call it. Uh, so yeah. if you call it that, people know what it looks like. Yeah. So it's just just <laughs> a just a big big lighty triangle that flickers. I mean, it's, on the Starship Enterprise, the 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 Enterprise D, there's a you know that that little placard by the by the elevator says that it was first uh, commissioned by Yo-Yo Dine Propulsion Systems. <laughs> yes, that's Shut right. Up. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, because the, the same show. the same guys work on all those shows. Yeah, okay. It that used to be whenever sense. I would register a Microsoft product, I would register it to John Smallberries at Yo-Yo and Dime. <laughs> yeah, <Promotions>. me too. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I thought would be a, a uh, subtle fuck you to any nerd who bothered to look. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that I put at the top though. So back to the future, but, uh, then you also have, uh, a couple else, a couple others, uh, 12 monkeys, I think is going to be one of the top five all time, time travel movies, uh, or I think it's fair or La Jetée, which is what it's based on, but that's only about a half hour. And I think 12 monkeys does a really good job of fleshing that one out. Uh, but I like that one because it's the guy bouncing through from the future to the past to try and prevent this thing from happening. And then through the course of it, you find out that he as a child witnessed his own death. I mean, it's just like, what, what, what? I remember just being really freaked out when I watched it. Cause it was so bizarre, but so tightly wound. Uh, but one of the same ending ones. that says you can't escape your fate. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's also that, you know, the, 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 with 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 alien movies, it's always they're here to save us or they're here to kill us. And yeah. I think with time travel, it's always there's nothing you can't change or there's nothing you can change. Yeah. You know, it's I, I think philosophically, the discussion is should you should you like fret about the past as much as you do? Uh, and not. the other ha- uh, side of it would be, uh, you know, fantasizing about I don't know. Maybe maybe the maybe the message is don't fuck stuff up now. Yeah. So that well, you don't have to come back and change it. I don't know. You can also have like Rashomon, which really as time travel was Groundhog Day, right? Like yeah, the well, same like thing a, like, yeah, over like a time and over loop. from different perspectives. Yeah. Like a time loop. Well, there's that and then uh Oh god, I'm trying to think of what the other one was. I'll come back to it I've got if a I couple. can think of it. But uh, but yeah, the the time loop is another one. Looper was funny. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, Looper, Looper. You know, a caddy. I thought a that looper. was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, and not just because uh, that that guy with the three names was doing a uh, uh, um, young Bruce Willis, a young Bruce Willis impression the whole time, which yeah. was well, he funny. Had makeup, he had prosthetics yeah. <laughs> with the, no- with like the nose. Yeah, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, that's it. Uh, but that the mob can only kill people by sending them into the past and then getting shot. It's like, the mob has been killing people for a long time without time tr- travel. I don't, I think they are overthinking this a bit. Yeah, it seems like a job for Time Cop, frankly. <laughs> I think we need, we, need, we need Time Cop on this one. Uh, so yeah. Looper is one of those movies, like most time travel movies, where I think you're supposed to watch it multiple times. Yeah, and I didn't. I only saw it the one time. It's the it, other one that I know I'm supposed to watch multiple times that I haven't, and I I I was too bored the first time to bother. Is Primer, which I still haven't seen. Uh, I don't know that one. That's a that's like a super indie. 
that got a lot of buzz yeah. a while back. Um, but basically, it's it's like a time loop thing where you do one thing and it's sort of like a butterfly effect, is what I I think it is. If I so the read thing the about correctly. the thing about primer is that you never know in any given scene what timeline one of the any of the characters are from because they're constantly going back and fucking with the story. And it doesn't apparently reveal itself until the end. But the first time you watch it, you just kind of go, huh? huh? <laughs> what? And I suppose, I suppose, that, you know, according to people who love this movie, it, it, the script is super tight and it all works out, but you have to watch it like four or five times to get it. And I'm like, <laughs> way too bored to try. Who's got the time? <laughs> um, well, hmm. have you, have you seen, uh, time crimes? Which is a, no. a, Me- a Mexican movie, uh, I guess about five or six years now. A guy named Nacho Vigalondo, who does some interesting work. If you've not seen Time Crimes, you need to watch it because it is one of the, the most mindfucky time travel movies that you will watch. Basically, it's like if you take the movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton, but you turn it into a really taut thriller. Uh, it basically is just a guy who keeps watching this event unfold, but then he winds up having multiple versions of himself in the same instance. And each one's got a different motivation. Uh, and so the whole thing kind of just spirals out from there. It's really, really good. I would totally recommend that if you can find it. It's mm. called Time Crimes. Mm. Super good. That's mine. Uh, it's no free Jack, mind you, but it's good. God, that's genius. That was genius. (laughs) I remember watching that. I was in the theater watching that, and there's a part with uh, Anthony Hopkins explaining his, Uh, you know, his whole thing uh, of how he was going to, I was going to take his body so that you would then fall in love with me. I was, of course, completely insane. And just, oh, I I think I wet myself. I think I wet myself a little. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was a good one. And, uh, yeah. Uh, But I wonder... Just, uh, 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 well, Interstellar is kind of a time travel movie, but kind it's of. less, a, you know, it, it really is because it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's just about, they're not trying to control time. They're just at its mercy, but yeah. they're traveling through time. Uh, That's true. But is, and, and then that makes me wonder, Memento is kind of a time travel movie. Kind of, that's almost from like the a perspective time, like, of the main character. It's almost like a time loop movie, like a Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's just sort of a demented Groundhog yeah. Day. Uh, but he doesn't learn anything. Or does he? Which makes me think that time travel is really just about shifting perspectives. You know, it's not... If you want to get really technical and say, no, no, it's... it's it's You are in a machine and you are... The character is really traveling from one time <laughs> to another. Then, yeah, it's not, but... Yeah. Well, then you get into, like, Slaughterhouse-Five territory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah, kind of you yeah, kind of just b- bounce in and out, so it's it's effective. But but that's the other thing with time travel. It's either you're the one that's like actively doing the time travel, or the time travel is just sort of mm-hmm. happening to you. That seems to be the only two motifs involved. Uh, so then you're either at the end of the Slaughterhouse Five novel, you come to realize he's not he hasn't been traveling through time. He's nuts, and yeah. it, you know. So so, but does that <laughs> yeah. count? Does that still Maybe the method of his time travel is his insanity. That he's insane. Well, that's, yeah, they borrow a lot of that for, for 12 Monkeys. So it's, you, they kind of keep you on your seat there. Uh, even though in 12 yeah. Monkeys is more explicit that it is time travel, but he's still nuts, loony, uh, and it works. Um, 
so two of the the most popular Christmas movies are time travel movies. The Christmas Carol and Wonderful, uh, Wonderful Life. Life. Yeah. Those are both movies about viewing one one's life in yeah. different time, you know, it's, out of sync with time. Yeah. I'm kind of on board but not but I'm on board. How's that? I I, I buy it. I mean, that is a yeah. time travel movie. It's I mean, I, I, a Christmas Carol, I just always think of as the funniest Christmas story because it, it's basically saying, look, life is really, really hopeless and it only gets worse. So maybe you need to stop being a dick. Yeah. But uh, so a, I'm, I'm always up for <laughs> nominating that. Yeah. Well, there's that. And then uh, and then the other Gilliam uh, that should be on the list Here is, it time, is Time Bandits. You can't talk about time travel. So long. Well, I wanted to build up to it because it's such a good movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but you can't talk time travel without talking time bandits because it's a classic, a stone cold classic. Uh, <laughs> I'm just you know, don't, don't touch, touch it. It's, it's evil. evil. <laughs> yeah, that's you Dad! can't get around it. Dad, it's evil. Don't touch it. <laughs> so it's it's yeah. Now uh, is it a classic because it was one of those movies that like was on cable? All the fucking time, like you could not turn on cable without seeing Time Bandits for well, a I, period of like five years. Well, I think that's part of it, but it's also just because uh, as Gilliam's career has sort of uh, grown, that is pretty much like post Monty Python is where everybody sort of lands. It's like that kind of cemented his his sort of uh, image. As as a weird filmmaker and his style, really, but I yeah, mean, like, but, but an everything flows from Time Bandit. Yeah, but he's an excessively excessively weird filmmaker, and I think that all stems from uh, things like Time Bandits. So it's uh, and drugs. Well, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot going on, but mostly it's just a kid traveling through time. It's kind of like Voyagers in a way, uh, but with little people. Uh, bouncing through time and having fun and running away from the supreme being who turns out to be just a really <laughs> dickish administrator. <laughs> that was the best part to me, I think, is you find out God's just like a like a efficiency expert more than anything. So, <laughs> it's good. Uh, speaking of David Warner, uh, Eric, weren't you the one who was really into Time After Time? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I knew that was going to come up, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, that was the, and that was the guy who uh, wrote and directed Star Trek Two. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that, Malcolm McDowell as H.G. Wells chasing Jack the Ripper to the twentieth century. Wasn't that yeah. the plot? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember trying to watch it and falling asleep. So I don't it's, really remember it. It's not uh, super riveting, uh, and I don't remember no. too much af- of it as well. But yeah, and there is a whole lot of that uh, that whole fish out of water comedy that yeah. he would reuse in his screenplay for uh, Star Trek Four. I mean, the two are very similar on purpose. Yeah. Oh, so mine yeah. blown. I of that. Well, <laughs> here's here's two. They, I actually watched these two this week uh, just because I had not seen them in forever and a day, and I totally forgot about them. Uh, but one was Millennium, starring Chris Christopherson and Cheryl Ladd, uh, which 
Oh, which, oh, yeah. oh, God, we had that movie at our theater for yeah. like, uh, uh, like, like bargain viewing yeah. day yeah. or something. And it's, I remember watching the end of it and going, fuck you, really? Yeah, Ooh. basically. It's like the first 20 minutes or so, it's kind of interesting almost. I mean, it's actually a decent story. And then it just starts to unravel at the seams about midway through and just never bounces back. But basically, it's people like a thousand years in the future uh, are coming back in time and stealing passengers off of planes that are about to crash and then replacing them with uh, copies of the dead bodies so that people in the past don't figure it out uh, just so they can survive because the future is like super polluted. I mean, it just makes no sense at all. Why? Yeah. Mm. It's just, it's just weird on multiple levels. Uh, the future and I, needs women or something. Yeah, just, and the but yeah. the only, the the funny the only really funny thing about it is that Cheryl Ladd from the future basically smokes like a chimney because basically the pollution is so bad in the future that that's the only way that they can maintain their body chemistry. So she just smokes <laughs> like a chimney through the whole thing. You think they just wrote that into the script so that she yeah. can smoke mm-hmm. on camera? Maybe, or, maybe <laughs> I don't know. And there is. There's a a completely unriveting scene where people in the present and the future are listening with rapt attention to Daniel J. Trevanti say stuff. I think that (laughs) that, that pretty much spells Uh, out what's wrong with this movie. I'm just seeing a picture, a a poster now with with the quote, completely unriveting Eric Reed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's bunk so i watched that and kind of want my uh, hour and a half back but whatever too late unless i have a time machine but i also did watch one that i loved 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 when i was 11 called the final countdown with kirk douglas and martin sheen yeah which is the exactly yeah The, the USS Nimitz goes yeah. through a time bubble to just before uh, uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. And then it's the um, quandary's like, do we do anything or do we let it happen? And then the whole gist of the movie, cause, which won't ruin anything, and it just I, I didn't remember it, but I remember as a kid, I loved it, thinking, oh, this is so freakish and weird. But I watched it this week and I thought, this is just stupid. Because they go through the time portal, yeah. they have their thing where they pontificate whether or not they should intervene in Pearl Harbor and then decide that they will with this massive uh, modern warship. And then right as they're getting ready to go in and destroy the Japanese fleet, the time portal shows up again and sucks them all away so that they don't fuck up the timeline. So basically, it's like that they didn't even need to be there at all. Nothing would have happened yeah. one way or the there was other. No it's like, there's no point. There's no I, point I at all. I watched it again and I was... Exactly. It was, it was a, yeah, they, they go back in time. They're given an option. They, they don't get any chance to take advantage of it. And they just go through yeah. the thing again. It was, yeah. it really so actually the felt like insult. a movie that was yeah, yeah. written and produced strictly to promote the Navy. I mean, it was yeah. like somebody well, it said, is, yeah. how can we get a movie that shows a bunch of shit of our aircraft carriers and our planes? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got this Top Gun script. Nah, fuck that. Let's do say. this final <laughs> countdown <laughs> thing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but yeah the whole thing this plays like a like a recruitment tool for the navy so yeah it's fucking yeah. awful but that was the thing that killed me it's like it's like the uh, the joke with raiders of the lost ark it's like they get through all of that and then the nazis get melted and so basically indy didn't need to do any of the stuff that he did through the whole movie it's yeah. kind of like that it's yeah. like yeah yeah whatever so, uh, so there's that, and then the and then the one I didn't get to because I ran out of time, but was the sort of the opposite of that was the Philadelphia Experiment with Michael Perret. 
uh, which you don't need to watch. Uh, and then lastly, as I mentioned, a shout out because I it makes me laugh to this every time I watch it is Hot Tub Time Machine. I'm just going to say that. Hot Tub Time Machine is fucking funny. Yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine 2 is works. not. No, uh, the not sequel even a sucks, little bit. But, not even a little bit. Well, um, I think the, the yeah the thing is, is that first one is insane and that's why it works. The second one is not insane; it's just sort of a Tired. preordained sequel. It's just and John mean yeah, and John Cusack had the sense enough not to be in the sequel, so I applaud him for he that. He actually cameos in the sequel. Can oh. can you think of a single sequel that uh, John Cusack has been in? Uh, he doesn't. He avoids them like you know feces. Yeah, one crazy summer technically wasn't a sequel. Yeah. Um, Say anything too uh, was awesome, but nobody saw it. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, shut <no>. up. <laughs> Say something else. Um, uh, yeah. And then no, I I can't. Yeah. It's, wait, it's actually, tough. wasn't uh, there a pseudo sequel to Gross Point Blank? Actually, he. I think. Wait, I'm sorry. The um that piano grand piano movie John Cusack said in in a in an interview he viewed as a sequel to Gross Point Blank. Okay. Well, there you go. Kind of, but it's it's a spiritual sequel. But it's not one. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Eric likes that. It's got the same DNA. He doesn't have any movies on his IMDb <laughs> page that end with a two. That's what I'm which saying. Is, which is good. Uh, yeah. And then uh, just a couple of shout outs to some weird ones, and then we can wind it up unless you have other stuff. But I forgot Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, I've was got a time one that I've movie. been wanting to. Huh? Okay. Go ahead. What? Huh? Go ahead. Go, what? Eric. <laughs> Somewhere Hello? in Time. Oh, Somewhere, God. Somewhere in Time is a really uh. cute movie from 1980. Uh, Christopher Reeve falls in love with a picture of an actress from the 30s or something and uses hypnosis to go back in time, which is like, I don't know. I don't know that you can do that, but it doesn't matter. It's a movie. And yeah, the- it's really just a love story that has to do with time travel. And I think it's kind of what, uh, I- I'm pretty sure it's what, that woman was stealing from when she made the astronaut's wife or the time traveler's wife or whatever it was. Okay. But, not, but not the lake house. But it was cute. Cause there like, seems like a whole subgenre of like uh time travel, rom-com stuffy things. Uh, yeah. That just weird me out. I, but yeah, I think uh, what I like about it though is, is that uh, it doesn't work out. You know, <laughs> That well, that it obviously. is heartbreak and death in the end, but uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a it's 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 neat. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just there's there's a, a countless number, a countless number, uh, but just I just forgot that Peggy Sue got married was a time travel movie. That's all we need to say about that one. Uh, Austin but Powers, was or was yeah. she in the or was she in the hospital <laughs> with a concussion? Yeah, exactly. It was basically a weird version of Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, sorta. Yeah, uh, pretty sure it then, got greenlit <laughs> because of Back to the Future. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and then the Austin Powers flicks do time travel well, uh, and that's all oh, there is to say about that. Yeah, that's more of the Rip Van Winkle style of time travel, right? <laughs> what the Austin Powers? Yeah, because he's frozen. And he wakes up. No, no, no. In the second one, uh, Dr. Evil actually invents a time machine. And that's when he goes back to the 60s in the, oh. the Spire Shag Me. But I think, the, I think the Rip Van Winkle one counts. Because yeah. then you have Idiocracy. Yeah. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, so we're just playing hard and loose with it. Uh, and I don't have anything to add for that. All I want to do is end the show. Okay, with, I uh, think we milked the shit out of that concept. Yeah. I just want to end. I want to end it with a uh, share singing "Turn Back Time," if I may, so we can play ourselves out because I love that song so much. You can do well, whatever you, do you want, baby. <laughs> if I can turn back time, because because I am sure you can do whatever you want, baby. <laughs> 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 <laughs>